Okay, here we are for our Night of Hope. And this is one of the interviews we are doing with someone that is such a dear, uh, dear friend to me and all of our family of churches uh, and is known affectionately in my household as Papa Joe, as my children love him too. But we are so thankful for Joe and Yvonne Yuen. And Joe is tuning in all the way from Scotland. Joe has been a prophetic voice and just... Uh, really functions as a prophet in the life of many churches. And we are so, so thankful for his uh, voice and uh, what he's bringing in this hour. So welcome, Joe. Good to see you. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, thank you, Kendall. Always a joy to see you and always a joy to join with you in in a ministry time. It's great to be here. Thanks. Well, I'm, I'm really excited about this, even as we were talking just before the interview, I think God's really given you some great insight and words for us. So just start us off, Joe, what, this has been such a weird time. We're all stuck at home, you know, and, but it seems like for you, actually, you've been doing a lot of ministry in this season. So, so what's encouraging you? What are you seeing God do? What are some stories of how God's at work, even in the midst of this coronavirus? Well, you know, as I'm, you know, I'm, one of the things that I'm enjoying is, um, moving in the Holy Spirit, because that is so important. It's easy to come online and give a message, but we need the power of God to flow, and we need it to flow through media as, as much as we need it to flow on a Sunday or any other meeting we do. Right. And so we've, I've been encouraged that, you know, on Sunday I had this word of knowledge for a, about someone with very sore fingers and one of our ladies, she gets healed. And uh, we've seen people with, with migraine getting healed. And we, I, I was, I was uh, ministering in, in Irkutsk in Siberia on Saturday night. And uh, um, I had a few words of knowledge there. And I mean, I think it was five, six people got healed, you know, all the way from Scotland to Siberia. You know, praise God. And the same with Ulanu Day. The next morning at six in the morning, I was preaching again there and really reaching out for for some words of knowledge so that um, we were not just giving, um, you know, a textbook message, but we are living in the power of God and able to speak into people's lives. Well, it's it sounds like that... Um God's really been using you in several nations right now. So I know that you've spoken in, uh, in, in Russia via zoom, obviously you're in Scotland. So you're doing ministry in your churches there. I know that you were online with our all people's church in Mexico recently, obviously the United States. So, um, you know, I think a lot of people are wondering how are churches doing right now is, is God at work? Are people just, uh, full of disappointment? Where are people, I mean, are you encouraged by what you're seeing as you're investing in so many countries uh, and churches? I'm, I'm really encouraged because I see churches really pulling together, mm. you know? And in Scotland, you know, um, you know, the prophet is without honor in his own nation. And that's been, I've seen that happen, you know, in the, in the near, near 40 years of my ministry that, the Scottish prophet was never really um, given a voice. But this year, God kept saying to me through various prophecies, doors are going to open, doors are going to open. And I did another Zoom call with about 50 people from the Glasgow area. 
a guy that had a dream and he saw me in this dream and he asked to have lunch with me and we've decided to try and do one or two things together. Three other churches are opening up in that same area for me to go minister once this is all over. We did an online conference on Revive Us Again, it's called. And um, it was supposed to be in Edinburgh, but we had to do it online. We had Artie Kendall did a couple of sessions and an interview. I did a session and an interview. And various pastors from Scotland did the same. And, um, you know, things like that are happening that's wow. drawing people together. And just last Sunday with two, this, with, this is a miracle because uh, the local church of Scotland, I came out of the Presbyterian church, and the one in the little town next to us, Macduff, um, the th it was me that did it. Um, the pastor here wasn't in, um, available, and so I'm the network leader, of course. Um, so we did a joint service together on the Emmaus Road. Wow. And, uh, so that is a real miracle. So we're seeing lots of churches seeking to pull together, which is totally new. And walls have come down. That Jericho wow. walls are coming down. And, um, and also, I see it for our own people. They, they are logging on. They're coming on to Zoom. Never worked that before. And they're, they're um, logging on to YouTube on a Sunday morning. And um, we're able to minister to them. And they get all excited on the WhatsApp. Yeah, we're on, we're on, we're on. <laughs> and you know, so I'm seeing a general excitement. I don't see a disappointment pointed people but I see a people enthusiastic and really longing to get back into meeting corporately. Amen. Uh, wow. That is awesome to hear of the unity in Scotland. Um, on, on the, uh, while we were talking beforehand, you said at the beginning of this coronavirus crisis, there were three or four things that God revealed to you and to your community. I'd love just to dive into that because I think as tonight's a night of hope, this is the real message of hope that God has given you uh, for us tonight. So what were those different things that God revealed to you here at the beginning of the, of the crisis? Well, it was in the middle of February um, mm -hmm. that uh, when all this started to break, you know, um, I, I had just done a funeral and had spoken out of Joshua. Um, and the, the verses that wouldn't leave me in chapter one, was chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, when Joshua told the elders to go through the camp and they were to make provisions um, because in three days they would be crossing the Jordan. And, um, and, and I'm thinking, make provision? These are a miracle people. They don't need provisions. But then as I looked at it and realized that the two and a half tribes were staying on that side of the river because it was a pleasant land. Reuben, God, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, wasn't it? I think, or was it Benjamin? I can't just remember exactly. But um, anyway, um, and the Lord said to me that the three days represents the next three months. Mm. And you need to make provision in your heart. You need to make provision for the people in this time, you know, live streaming, Zoom, all these different things. And... And we need to be ready for when the restrictions are lifted to be ministering to many more people. So we need to make provision. 
So that's how the Lord led me. And then, of course, in chapter 3, it says, I love this verse, it says that the, the Jordan River overflows all its banks at mm -hmm. harvest time. And that's where that provision was to come from. It was to come from that harvest to get them in on their journey to Gilgal. And the manna didn't stop, but um, it didn't say that anything about quail, but they needed to make some provision for themselves. And, um, and then um, what Joshua did, he said to the elders, go through the camp and tell the people that uh, to sanctify themselves because tomorrow... I will do great wonders. Now, tomorrow, a day is as a thousand years to the Lord, so we can't calculate that, but we need to be ready for God's tomorrow. That's right. Today. I love how you said make provisions and immediately thought about making provisions for other people. It makes me think of the beginning of this crisis where everyone was freaking out about toilet paper and everything else. And you know, uh, God is calling the church much like Joseph did to gather in so we can distribute out. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that. So that was, the, that was the Joshua three word about making provisions, sanctify ourselves because God is doing something. So now what else was God revealing to you, uh, during that time? Well, a friend of mine had a dream and, and in this dream, he saw three people. He also saw a yellow tent. You know, um, the, of course, that represents um, hope in our prophetic language. And um, he saw in his dream, he saw Kenneth Copeland, he saw Mike Bickle, and he saw John Paul Jackson. And really, very, very basically, um, um, Kenneth Copeland, he represents to his faith, the faith movement. Right. Um, very much so and has still continued on in what he does. And uh, um, Mike Bickle, of course, it's intercession and passion, um, zeal, I'll, I'll rather call it, and a real zeal for the Lord. And um, of course, John Paul represents dreams and visions and prophecy. Right. And I think that um, these three things, that's what we're ministering to our church here churches here at the moment. We're ministering and talking about faith, passion, and we're talking about the prophetic. And I'm doing a prophetic hour with our church tomorrow morning. And, um, and also um, looking, at, for looking to um, Pentecost um, and seeing a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Because in the midst of that three-month period, comes the 40 days between Resurrection Day and Ascension Day. And I believe this could be the most important 40 years in the history of the church mm. as we pray and as we believe God. Mm. Wow. So I think it's such an important time. And then, of course, there's still the 10 days between um, um, uh, ascension and Pentecost. So, you know, it's like a, we always say 40 days, but there's a 50-day period here that we have an opportunity to press into the Lord. And 
What? Many years ago when I was just, I used to, of course, I was a commercial fisherman when I sold my fishing boat to become a pastor. Well, I didn't have an awful lot to do. And I used to be a very, very busy guy in a fishing boat. I was the captain of the boat. And so, um, you know, the Lord said to me, tithe your time. So I used to pray from about 11 o'clock at night until, you know, two hours, 40 minutes. I would go walk the streets mm. of, of our little town here, village up here in the north of Scotland, and just pray to the Lord and pray in the Holy Ghost um, in that time. And the Lord just reminded me about that again in this time, you know. It's like he, it's like Noah. I love to think of Noah in this season because there's never been a time in history except the time of Noah. Noah, where it, the waters covered the whole earth. And this pandemic has covered the whole earth. Mm. Nations are, some nations are not even saying, but it's covered the whole earth. Um, and, and, and what God did to Noah was, when Noah went into the ark, God shut the door. Right. And that's what he's done. In, in Scotland, we can go out for one walk a day and go to the grocery store if we need to. And the police won't let you take your car to the beach. You, if you don't walk from your house, you, you could get into trouble with the police. So it's amazing hmm. where we are so, and what God is doing. So I'm tithing my time back to the Lord and more. Wow. So what are you looking forward to? You're, you're talking about, hey, there's this 50-day period. And then after that, something's coming. What, what's God revealed to you? What, what are the things that are in your heart that you're praying and contending for? Um, after the the Pentecost uh, time here in 2020? Well, that's the faith aspect of it. We don't know yet. Yeah. But there's there's the anticipation of power according to the scriptures. And, you know, Jesus said, you go to Jerusalem and wait for power from on high. Mm. And I'm believing for God to, for you know, the portals of favor are still open for us. And I believe that he, he wants to pour out th uh, things that maybe we've never seen before. And I really believe, too, he's highlighting to me angelic visitation and, you know, angelic activity around his people in this season as well. Amen. And I'm really trying to get to grips with that. You know, um, there's one of the Psalms that says, you know, Sing to the Lord, O you heavenly host, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't think I can order angels to do anything. <laughs> but according to the word, I say, angels, I want to join with you. And I'm asking God for a better singing voice at the moment. Um, just to worship him and praise him. I've never seen time disappear so much. When I get to the church building at five in the morning, and I'm there for three hours just praying in the Spirit, worshiping the Lord. And I often think of John and Carl Arnott. That's how they, the, the whole movement started. They would give their mornings to the Lord. I remember them saying that. And God started to move powerfully. Mm. So I'm just so excited about that. Wow. But I'm not doing it to get anything. Right. I just want to do it because I love Jesus. That's awesome. One of the uh, one of the scriptures I've been meditating on is in John 21, you know, and just kind of like you've been thinking about the church calendar, Ascension and Pentecost. I was thinking right after the resurrection, 
you know, there's this moment where Peter, you know, of course he's gone back to fishing and, um, he's not caught anything. And the Lord speaks to him from the shore, you know, lay down your nets on the other side. And then there's this miraculous catch, 153 fish, the Bible says. And, um, actually I was looking it up and, and what, uh, what one commentator said was they believed at the time that there were only 153 species of fish in the world. So it was symbolic of all the peoples coming in. I'm, I'm, I wasn't aware of that until recently. Yeah, but, this is something we picked up from John Paul Jackson many years ago, his great. dream card. It's called his dream card. And it's uh, some, just some helps for the meaning, you know, and, and gives you dream categories um, and gives you numbers. And the number 153 here, um, according to this little card, means kingdom multiplication. Amen. So we'll, we'll go for that, eh? Yes, we will. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I have one of those cards too. Those are great resources. Um, with, with, with that, you know, obviously there was a move of the net to the other side. And I think there's something about being positioned for the increase that God wants to bring. And so just as we round the corner here on the interview, what would your wisdom and counsel be for people that, that maybe in a previous season, you know, that there wasn't the catch that they knew was promised and God's calling them to put down their net on the other side. How can they press into the Lord in this season and get repositioned for increase after this crisis? Well, I think that everybody needs to be hooked into the local church. Mm. And there's, you know, it's not impossible for anybody really that has a smart TV, a phone, a computer to go on YouTube and find a church near them. Right. And mm-hmm. who, who are streaming their services. And if it's someone that's maybe been away from the Lord, then they, you know, and are maybe just hesitant from going to a church again, then they have the opportunity to say, hey, let's look at this church and let's look at the next one and to find a local church because we need to have our roots down in the local church. I think that that is so key for this next season and to find a place of fellowship with other people. Be part of a of a, a, an online life group, you know, see if you can get invited into a life group situation where you're interacting with people and where you can even find where are the people that are praying so that I can be part of a prayer meeting. What are the prayer needs of my area so that you're investing time with the Lord and you're investing in your local community in that way. And, um, you know, and if you've got interest in another country, especially on missions, because, you know, the Lord has halted world mission in one sense so that he could get our hearts for the next wave. Mm. It was back in 2015 that I saw a tsunami wave coming in and the Lord said, get up on higher ground because the next move of God is not going to come out of your meetings. It's going to come out of my presence. Wow. And I'm looking at that experience then and seeing where we are now, because 
I believe that that's where God wants us to understand and know in this season. He wants us to understand and know his presence more than anything else Mm. because he's jealous for our hearts. That's what zeal means, jealousy. He's jealous for our hearts in this season. Wow. I think that's a good one for you just to pray into. Joe, will you pray that over us as we're all pressing into hope in this season? So many incredible promises you're speaking into our lives. Will you just pray for that higher ground that we'd be part of that next wave of the presence of God? Yeah, okay. Father, we just thank you tonight. Lord, I just thank you for for, um, being able to speak on this particular prophetic hour, Lord God. I'm just thankful for what you're doing, Lord, in and around the nations at this time. Lord, I want to thank you for the encouragement of the believer. And as the believer is encouraged, we're praying that they would overflow, Lord. We're looking for that overflow, Father. And Lord, we're looking for our hearts to be fascinated by your presence more than ever, Lord. We're looking for that devotion from our hearts to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And Father, we're looking and we're called to higher ground, Lord. And I pray for everyone listening tonight that you would rise up and into that place of higher ground with Jesus, that that you would find fresh hope and hope for the future because God's not finished with the nations yet. God's not finished with your life and my life. And as we rise up in these days, we are going to see the Lord work and we are going to see the Lord move in some amazing ways.